Hey, 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 good morning. It is January 5th, a Thursday. And today is National Bird Day. What? While birds are amazing, they are also a species under particular threat. A particular threat of being in a sketch. That's what I have to say. Hold on. Did you know? Oops. All right. Without further ado, here's our sketch for today. What are you looking at? I'm watching the birds. It's National Bird Day. Oh, okay. Did you know that the northern mockingbird can mimic everything from other birds to rusty hinges to dogs barking? I did not know that. Oh, and blue-gray gnat snatchers are monogamous. They stay with their partners for life. Wow. Oh, and crows are known for their intelligence. God, birds really are amazing. <laughs> like that one that just took a shit on your car? What? Bird. That's really disrespectful on National Bird Day. Well, now it's local flipping the bird day. Get off my car! Yeah! Uh. Okay, so that was our National Bird Day sketch um, written by Jennifer Callison and acted by me and Doc Anthony Bravo. So, woohoo! Yeah! So let's learn about Bird Day. in the top frame. All right, here we go. National Bird Day. Um, birds have always held a special place in our hearts, which is why we celebrate them on National Bird Day. While birds are amazing, they're also a massive animal group under particular threat. And the phrase canary in the coal mine was named after birds for a reason. They're barometers of our planet's environmental help. The fact that so many bird species are under threat thanks to the illegal pet trade, disease, and habitat loss means it's more important than ever to raise public awareness of the needs of birds. The survival of hundreds of species depends on it. Yes. Um, I'm always sad that the dodo is extinct. That's, that's one of my, 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 my saddest extinct animals on the list because dodos are like cool and yeah anywho all right so let's move on to some holidays other holidays um today we have carver day so a couple days ago it was george washington carver's birthday but now we get to celebrate his day he, as we know, if you were tuning in um he is a noteworthy agricultural scientist and inventor it not only celebrates this remarkable inventor who was part of a marginalized community, it also honors his invention, which ended up helping out farmers around the country and produced enough food to keep the United States sustained during the Second World War. Okay, so what did he remember? He did the peanut, right? He did the peanuts. But uh, he divided methods to improve soils depleted by repeated cotton plantings. He urged farmers and other agriculture experts to restore nitrogen to their grounds through systemic crop rotation. Okay. So he was like, we should rotate these crops so that they replenish. And people were like, wow, that's a really good idea. Such by alternating cotton crops with plantings of sweet potatoes or legumes. He was also like, can we get away from this cotton man? Like cotton is so done. Let's actually make food. That sounds good. Right. 
He received the, um, because falling the crop, uh, rotation practice resulted in higher cotton yields. Um, he also created and provided farmers with additional cra- cash crops. Um, he created an agricultural extension program for Alabama, similar to his alma mater, Iowa State, to train farmers to rotate and cultivate the new crops. Very cool. Um, he received the Roosevelt Medal in 1939 for saving Southern agriculture, which later played a role in feeding the United States during the Second World War. His hometown was declared a historic site after his death on January 5th. Oh, so he died on January 5th. So he was born like a couple days ago, a few days ago, and then he and then he died. Wow, very close to it. It's very interesting. It's kind of like Shakespeare, who like is supposedly was born and died on the same day. I mean, things were back then, so we can't really know for sure. But yeah, so that's very very cool. All right, so yay. Sounds great. George Washington Carver. Next, we have Day of Dialogue. Okay, Day of Dialogue, previously known as the Day of Truth, is held on January 5th. It's the Christian group's Focus on the Family's annual event to promote open dialogue. Focus on the Family does not want anyone's view, which includes a Christian view, silenced which is why they introduced the Day of Dialogue. The idea is that honest dialogue takes place without biblical views being bashed. I think that's a great idea. We should just be able to talk and take in each pe- everyone's different viewpoints, no matter what they are, um, and, and really get that safe space talking. You know, it's always important. So use that to talk to someone and consider it a safe space. But make sure that they also know that it is a Day of Dialogue because you could run into some problems if you... Talk to them, and they're like, I wasn't. All right, we already talked about National Bird Day, so now we're going to talk about National Ellen Day. Okay, National Ellen Day. No, it's not a special day dedicated to Ellen DeGeneres. I can't talk this morning. It's a day that celebrates all people named Ellen. Most importantly, the way you choose to celebrate the Ellen in your life will say a lot about how much you value them. Okay, all right. So Ellen's are reminding you, like, give them flowers or something. Um, Ellen means, I always love, it means torch or shining light. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, so Dame Ellen MacArthur is a famous one. She is a solo long-distance yachts woman. She broke the world record for fastest solo circumnavigation of the globe in February of 2005. Very cool. Also the name of Constantine the Great's mother. She's also the name of two first ladies, Arthur and Wilson. And she was, for some reason, they really want you to know that it was also Scarlett O'Hara's mother in Gone with the Wind, which I don't know if that's canceled or not, but... I only watched Gone with the Wind once when I was in middle school or high school. And I think I fell asleep during part of it. And it was one of those things where my friend, it was it was divided into two DVDs. So I fell asleep near the end of the first one. So I missed a lot. Okay, moving on. We have National Keto Day. What? Okay, okay. National Keto Day. We're reminded that people on ketogenic diets cut carbs out of their diet to an extent where the body starts to consume fat instead of carbohydrates for fuel. The obvious benefit of fat used for energy is weight loss, but it also helps epilepsy patients avoid seizures and is known to increase cognitive brain function. 
For those wanting to start keto, be aware of possible side effects dubbed the keto flu. <laughs> Probably means you get sick because your body's dealing with it anyway. Um, however, there are plenty of reliable resources and celebrities like the Kardashians and Halle Berry also swear by it. I don't know when this was written, but it cuts carbs out of diet so that body fat is used for fuel. All right, so it's a day to either be keto for a day or hug the keto person in your life. <gasps> Ooh, National Screenwriters Day. I like this one. It's recognition of the writers who toil day and night to bring us the best stories, the ultimate singers, and the sublime messages that steer our com conscience. Screenwriters capture the imagination of society and the journalist who captures the imagination of screenwriters and brings it out in public. Um, there's a poll and their performance can be found here. What? That, that's fake. That is an ad. That is a secret ad that I did not think was going to get into Screenwriters Day. That's weird. It was some thing about some top agency do a poll. I'm like, what? I wanted to see the poll on the screenwriters. Anywho. Well, I have to say, one of my favorite, let's see, some of my favorite screenwriters are, I really love William Goldman, and I love his books on the industry as well. So if you haven't read anything, um, He's really great. My favorite is Hype and Glory. Hype and Glory. I don't think it's in print in, anymore. I randomly got a copy at some used bookstore, but it's about when he, I think it's 1988, he was in the same year he was a judge for Cannes and he was also a judge for Miss America. So it's a fascinating because the first book, the first half of the book is Cannes and the second half of the book is Miss America. And it's kind of like his experiences with both. It's one of my favorite books of all time. So William, William Goldman, shout out to who is no longer alive, but he also wrote The Princess Bride. He wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Lots of amazing things. Um, so, yeah. So if you, opportunity to go and watch some important um, screenplay. Mm. All right, that you might like. <gasps> yes, okay. So we have... National Whipped Cream Day today as well. And um, our reporter, Nina, went to the streets to interview people about what they would do and how they would enjoy Oops. National Whipped Cream Day. So here we go. Excuse me, ma'am. Did you know that today was National Whipped Cream Day? <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, do you have any experiences that you care about your choice of whipped cream? No, I don't eat whipped cream. My father had diabetes, so I try to avoid all that unhealthy and sugary crap. No, don't you have something better to report on? I mean, there's an obesity epidemic. Honestly, we should be reporting on things that actually matter right now, like pizza boxes found in there. Yeah, but have a nice day. Excuse me, ma'am. Hey, did you know that today is National um, Whipped Cream Day? The day that you get to celebrate all the joys that whipped cream has brought you? Oh, I didn't, but coincidentally, I was gonna go to the store to buy more whipped cream for some whippets. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get high as a kite today in honor of your holiday. 
I mean, well, I was, I was gonna get high anyway, but now I have a reason to buy more canisters. Oh, thank you! Woohoo! Oh my. My god! Did you know that today was National Whipped Cream Day? Would you like to share a story of whipped cream and the joys that it's brought you? Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, my wife and I, we love this stuff. We like to make ice cream steak, you know, Sundays together. Yeah. Ah. Well, then we take what's left, and there is a lot of whipped cream left. And uh, we uh, we get butt <laughs> naked. Oh, boy. First thing I like to do is I like to, uh, you know, cut my <laughs> And I like to take the whipped cream and I <laughs> And then my, my wife, she does the same thing with hers, and we call it <laughs> And then, uh, and then, we'll, then, then, I, then I like to kind of like take her Lift it up, right? And okay. And then when I'm done, start all over again. But the whole point is, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of, right? Just like that, right? My wife does the same thing. You know what I'm talking about. You've done the same thing. Don't look at me like you've never played with some whipped cream before. Florida. What? <laughs> I. <laughs> that sketch is crazy. Um, that was written by Mark Lucia, who is also the final guy in the scene who improved this crazy stuff that I end up. You, the, the whole point is to bleep it out. Um, but it's it's some it's some wild stuff that he just came up with on the spot, or maybe he had pre pre planned. Um, but that was great. And then Nina Leon um, was our reporter. Andrea Howell, Andrea Howells was our first interviewee, and I was the second interviewee getting some canisters of whipped cream to get high, apparently in the trash can of Disney Springs. So, yeah. So that was our whipped cream sketch, which is pretty cool. Okay, so let's talk about what National Whipped Cream Day is, since we we got a. There I am. National Whipped Cream Day. Whipped cream is a sweet treat that we've been creating for centuries. As air is beaten into milk with a high enough fat content, the fats trap the air in tiny bubbles. Oh, I did not know that. With enough bubbles, the cream loses its liquid qualities and starts to hold its shape. The earliest recipes for whipped cream date back to Italy in the mid-1500s. Yeah, again, something else cool established by Italians. Half my heritage. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. All right. Whipped cream. Though it was not actually called whipped cream until the late 1600s in England. I wonder what it was called in, in Italy. They don't say. Oh, well. Early recipes dubbed uh, the confection snow milk. Wow, I love that. I'm going to use that. Will you have some snow milk? And recommended beating heavy cream with a willow branch until foamy. Wow. I'm taking a willow branch and beating some cream. Wow. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Now that we have sanitized whisks and modern food processing machinery, whipped cream is widely available in a range of flavors and textures. 
You can find chocolate whipped cream, mint whipped cream, and tubs of whipped cream substitute that never goes flat. Then there's heavy whipped cream, which has a higher fat content for a richer taste and sturdier perks. Peaks. Perks, too. Whether you like the convenience of whipped topping from a can or the sweet satisfaction of whisking up a homemade batch, be sure to celebrate the joys that whipped cream has brought you personally and to all of us around the world on National Whipped Cream Day this January 5th. Very cool. Uh, in Snow Cream, a English recipe titled A Dice Full of Snow <laughs> in 1545. Did I say that way? And then they, they, they call it snow cream. I wish it was still called snow cream. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah. And then in 1661, French chef Vatel prepares whipped cream with sugar to serve at a feast in honor of King Louis the Fourteenth. In the 1930s, British scientists invent aeration systems using nitric oxide for use in the food industry. That pretty much changes whipped cream as we know it. And then in 1948... Bunny Lappin creates Ready Whip using whipped cream. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the whipped cream we know today. That Ready Whip. Mm-hmm. Mm. I've made whipped cream a few times, like just like whisking it for for like cakes and stuff. And it's pretty cool. Like to literally watch it grow and become less liquidy and more snow, I guess. Whipped. Is very neat. I recommend trying it. It's if you feel successful, even though everything else may be falling apart, if you are whipping cream and you notice it kind of coming out. Whip, uh, our, is this our last one? Where are all the birthdays? That's really weird how some days they have a bajillion birthdays and then the other times they're like, no one else was born here on this day. No one important. <laughs> Yeah, but we have 12th night, 12th night in January. 12th night is celebrated every 12 days after Christmas, either January 5th or 6th, depending on when the counting started, Christmas Day or Boxing Day. So I guess it depends. This year, it falls on January 5th. It marks the coming of Epiphany, a Christian festival that holds different meanings for the Christian church and Western church. Did you know that William Shakespeare wrote a play of the same name as the 12th night to close the Christmas season? I did not know that for many, I did not know until this year that Twelfth Night was written by Shakespeare for Christmas was, was when, so I have a, a theater company um, called Tilted Globe Productions and we do uh, drunk Shakespeare um, at a local bar here in Orlando and we did Twelfth Night in December and Andrea, who, uh, who was also in our sketch, she's, a, she's a, the head of it. She was like, we should do Twelfth Night because it's a Christmas play. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And I was like, oh, I got to look this up. I didn't realize that. Years of doing Shakespeare and did not know that Twelfth Night was considered um, something in the Christmas season, which is very interesting. I mean, it is a comedy. It is light. But they don't mention Christmas at all in it, which is strange. They kind of did a Christmas play without Christmas. So, oh, well. And it's called Twelfth Night. They never mention Twelfth Night. There's a lot of drinking and partying, though, so I wonder. And there's a morning, so I really don't know why they call it Twelfth Night. Beside, it's one of those mysteries. I'll have to look that up. Anyway, moving back into the real Twelfth Night. Some traditions say Christmas decorations should be taken down on the Twelfth Night to avoid bad luck. 
Wow. I know people that take it down. Usually you're supposed to take it down like New Year's Day or, or you know, that's what I feel like a lot of people do. I know. Or you can take it down the day after Christmas and be a really sad person. Be like, Christmas is over. Take everything down. But technically you're supposed to wait. That's very interesting. I don't think they really had a modern work schedule back then where people went back to work on most likely January 2nd. So, yeah. However, um, if you forget to do it, it's recommended to keep them up until Candlemas on February 2nd or the 12th night of the following year. Oh, okay. So either you have to take them down today or you take them down on February 2nd. All right. Or you're just screwed and you have to keep them open up a whole year. So, wow. That's, that's, that's a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah. So there we go. Wow. So that's our, that's our holidays. That's pretty dope. I, I have to say I, I'm, oh, I forgot to mention that I have these birds here for bird day. We got this. I have no idea what, and I named him something and I completely forgot what his name was. I think it's like Ted. And then this is an orange bird. So in Disney, you have Disney world created this orange bird. Um, in Florida, it's kind of like the every single park has their own mascot. And there's a fascinating story for this. This was created in like the 70s, 60s, 70s um, by Orlando orange farmers. It has to be the 70s because I don't think Disney was around until the 70s down here at Disney World. Um, and it was paid for by Orlando farmers to talk about the orange bird. And they kept it for a while. And then <clears throat> they stopped paying. And Disney was like, well, we're going to like throw this guy out. And then randomly like several years ago, uh, there was an orange bird shirt in Tokyo or somewhere in Japan, in Disney Japan, and it got snatched up and people went crazy about the the mascot. And then voila, there's tons of Disney bird, orange bird everywhere, especially here in Orlando where he is officially the mascot of Disney World. But he cannot talk. He talks in thought bubbles, which is very interesting that they thought about that. And, and, and so they just didn't, I guess they didn't want to pay for a voice actor Anyway, so these are our birds for bird day that I forgot to mention, but they deserve to be mentioned here. But uh, anyway, that's our show. It feels much shorter than the other ones. I talked a little bit more on these last ones to choose some time. But anyway, um, if you haven't yet, subscribe, like, comment, uh, and, and also check out Envy Pictures. We have an app called Envy. Envy on uh, Apple iOS and Apple TV. We also have at nbpictures.com. Subscribe. It's only $40 a month. You get this and all this other stuff. We have so much content for you. And you get to support us so we can continue to do what we do best, which is entertain you. I'm Kimberly DePersia. This has been The Holidays Podcast. Have a great day, y'all. What? Did I forget something? $40 for the year. What? Oh. Oops. Except for me saying forty dollars a month. Thank you.
I really focused. I said I had a few. <coughs> I had a few. <laughs> yeah, no, but it wasn't. It wasn't as weird as what it was before. Mm. Thank you. Yay! Oh. I turn the camera off. Is that